Lord Jesus, would you speak to us through the power of your Holy Spirit right now, that you would open up our minds and our ears, our eyes, to see things that we haven't seen before. And would you use what happens in the next 30 minutes to change our lives, and that we'd respond to life differently because we put our hope in you. Would you help us, Lord? Would you guide us? Would you guide me right now that you, that you would speak? In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys. Let's get our Bibles. I think Aaron's got Bibles there. If you don't have one, raise your hand. He'll give you a Bible. You can use your phone also. But there's something about having the Word of God in paper form in your lap. The only thing that's better than having it in paper form is having what? Having Jesus in front of me. And that's right. That's even better. But as far as the Word of God, what's even better than having it in written form is having it written on your heart. Guys, if you're not memorizing the Word of God, you're not living at the level of Holy Spirit power that He expects you to live at. Okay? So, guys, we got to get this in us. So, this is one small exercise. This is one small training in helping you to get the Word of God in your heart. It must be our foundation. If your foundation is not based on the Word of God, your life isn't going to work when the storms come, when COVID comes. So, we must live our lives expecting that, that this is more important than the food that we eat. We need the Word of God. So that's what we're doing right now. Okay, so let me tell you guys where we're at. We're in the, in the book of Acts. If you guys remember, the book of Acts is the account written by Dr. Luke of what happened in the church of Jesus that he started in the years after Jesus left. And if, as I've mentioned before, the reason that Acts ends so abruptly is because the story's not over yet. In fact, what has started in Acts has continued and continued and continued, and you guys are part of that continuation. We're still a part of what Jesus commissioned his disciples to do. And so let me tell you where we're at in chapter 18. If you guys remember, Paul is on his second missionary journey. He's headed out. And you guys remember what this has been like? If you guys remember, what happened in, the, in Philippi? He went to Philippi, and how did things turn out there? He went to prison. They, they embarrassed him. They shot him down. They took, put him in prison. Well, he got out. And, and then he goes to Thessalonica. And you remember what happens in Thessalonica? There's a riot. Okay, there's a riot in Thessalonica. So he's got prison. He's got riot. Then he's like, okay, I better get out to Berea. So he gets to Berea. And there's a near riot, but they get him out at night just before the riot happens. And so he heads to Athens, where he didn't plan to go. And remember, last week we talked about Nathan getting stuck in the Chicago airport for 36 hours or whatever it was. And that's kind of the way that Paul is. He's, he's separated from his friends. He doesn't know anybody there. And he finally, he does share the gospel, and he has a little bit of response. So he's not really feeling like things are super, super successful on this second missionary journey of his. You guys remember where we're at? Okay. So Paul's plans have once again been thwarted. Here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about how you guys respond, how we should respond when things don't go our way, when things don't go as we planned. Let me ask you guys this. Hey, how was your day? Does that, did anybody ask you that? Hey, did you have a good day? How is your day? Let me just just think about this. How is your day? How's your week been? How's your 2020 been? <laughs> Have things gone your way? How's your life been? 
Has your life been just everything that you dreamed of? You don't have to answer that right now. I just want you to think about it. Is life the way you planned? So how are you supposed to respond when you go on your mission trip to Philippi and get thrown in jail? So you go to Thessalonica, and they riot over you being there. So you, so you go to Berea, and they just about riot. And then you end up in the, air, the Chicago airport for 36 hours. And you're just going, I can't believe this is going on. Am I really doing what God has called me to do? How do you respond when COVID comes? So I want you guys to see what happens in chapter 18. So he leaves. Let's, let's look at verse 1. Acts 18, verse 1. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Okay, here's what I want you guys to see that we're going to apply to our lives, is that when all that hard stuff happens, Paul doesn't give up. He goes to the next place. He does what Jesus said. Remember what Jesus said about shaking all the dust off your feet? It's like, shake. if they don't accept what you say, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place and keep going. But do not give up. And so he goes to Corinth. Now, verse 2. I want you to see what happens here. There in Corinth, he met a Jew named Aquila. Now, I've read, I've read the book of Acts all my life. I've read through this. And Aquila's, you know, we've got a couple other places in the New Testament where Aquila's name, but I never really thought about the significance of what's happening. So he, names a, he meets a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus. Pontus is the north side of what is now the country of Turkey, right along the Black Sea. So Aquila is a native of Pontus who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. Okay, are you getting all these places and names? Because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Okay, guys, you guys understand? Now, who, who are we talking about? Who does Paul mean? See, here's the test. Don't look at your Bible. See if you, unless you have to. Okay, who does he mean? Aquila. Okay, and where's Aquila from? Pontus, North Turkey. And where had, where, where did he meet? Where does he meet Aquila? In Corinth. And where had Aquila been? In Italy, and who does, does he, who does he come with from Italy to, for his wife Priscilla? And why do they come there? Goes Mr. Claudius. You guys know who Claudius is? Claudius is the emperor of Rome, from 41 A.D. to 54 A.D. He's emperor for 14 years or so. And so think think about what's going on here. Why? Let me ask you this: Why did Aquila move from Pontus to the city of Rome in the first place? Who knows? But it's probably the same reason that all you that your parents moved to Arlington. I mean, there, you know, people don't just move across to another country because they flipped a coin and decided to move there. They do it because there's some promise of a better situation there. So he's from Pontus, but he moves to Rome, right? He moves to Rome because there's something good there. He's he's got his wife. They start their little business. What business do they have? We're going to find out later that, that they make tents. Okay, so they start their business. They open up the shop, Priscilla and Aquila tent-making business, and things are going pretty good for a while. We don't know how long. And then one day they get the news. Twitter tweet comes through and says, all Jews out of Rome. Now, why does Claudius 
send the Jews out of Rome. Does it say here? Okay. The Bible doesn't say. But thank God that another historian does. A guy named Suetonius. Suetonius says, I'm going to read you what he wrote. He gives one line to this thing. He's got all kinds of stuff about what Claudius did. But he gives one line to why the Jews had to leave Rome. You guys want to hear it? Some of you guys said, yeah. I hope you guys want to hear it. Uh, guys, I, I hope this is exciting to you. Okay, this is what Suetonius writes about this situation. He says, since the Jews constantly made disturbances at the instigation of Crestus, he expelled them from Rome. Did you guys catch that? Who is Crestus? It is a person, but it's a misspelling of a person's name. That's right. It's, it, it's, it's a misspelling of Christ. And we know that because another, another historian named Tacitus, he talks about Christus' uh, death, even though he spells it even a different way. But he talks about it and how that he was put to death in Judea by Pilate. He's talking about Jesus. Okay, so because of Jesus and the association of Jesus with all these Jewish people who have now become Christians, and at this point, I don't think there's much of a church in Rome. This is 19 years after Jesus left. What happens is he's hearing about all the disturbances that are happening because the world's being turned upside down by these guys who are Christians. And he's like, we don't want any of this here. Jews get out of Rome. He sends them out of Rome. Okay, I want you to th think about the impact that the Christians are having. This is like if the president of the United States says all Christians have to get out of Washington, D.C. because of what the students at the Cornerstone are doing. Those 12 guys and then 120 guys and then 3,000 people, they've caused such a disturbance that the emperor doesn't want them around because he's heard of the kind of turmoil that they're causing. Okay, so I want you guys to understand what's going on here. You got Paul, whose plans didn't work out. And you got Aquila and Priscilla, whose plans didn't work out. Just happen to end up in Corinth at the same time by accident, right? Do you think that God has a plan for an encounter between Paul and Priscilla and Aquila? So what happens? The result is this. Priscilla and Aquila, at some point, they decide, we're in. We're following Jesus. And about 10 years later, Mr. Claudius kicks the bucket, and all the Jews head back to Rome. So do Priscilla and Aquila. And Paul writes a letter to the church in Rome. Do you guys know what that letter is called? Romans. Romans. That's right. Letter to Romans. And I want you guys to read the part that I usually skip over in the last chapter of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 16. Verse 3, Romans 16, in the last chapter of, of, of the book, often Paul does at the, this at the end of the books that he writes. He says, greet this person, greet this person. He says, in Romans 16, 3, greet, what does he say to greet? Priscilla and Aquila. What's interesting about that? It's, it is spelled differently. That's right. Spelled differently. Because Paul's writing here instead of Luke. They spelled her name differently. 
Okay, great Priscilla and Aquila. But what's interesting about that? What's the difference between the, the, other than the spelling? No, she is. She is. She is, although maybe, um, yeah, she's mentioned in 18. I mean, yeah, Acts 18, she's mentioned. She's mentioned there. But you notice, he's got the wife's name first in Romans 16. Now, here we got pastors, Priscilla and Aquila. I think it's interesting. So we can talk about all that later and your theology on that, but I think it's interesting that he calls them his fellow workers in Christ Jesus. He's not just talking about Mr. Aquila and his wife who used to make them coffee. She is a teacher of the Word of God. And we get it, we're actually going to see her teaching the Word of God to somebody else in the, in, in, back in Acts later on. So he writes this letter to the church in Rome, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers of Christ. And then notice what, notice what he says about them in verse 4 of Romans 16. They risked their lives for me. The two of them risked their lives to save Paul. Do you think, think about the, what happened here. Because they got kicked out of Rome, Paul stays alive in a situation that he might not have stayed alive. Do you think God's sovereign over all that? There is their lives for me, not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. He's like, I'm not, a, not, a, not only glad to be alive because of this couple, but all those churches of the Gentiles are really thankful for that couple. Greet also the church that meets in their home. You guys see this? There's a church happened in the home of Priscilla and Aquila that would have never happened had Mr. Claudius not kicked all those Jews out of Rome. And if that wouldn't have happened at the same time that Mr. Paul had to flee all those other cities. Now, is that just coincidence? I want you guys to think about the, the sovereignty of God. And so here's, here's the point. Just If you back up just a few chapters... In chapter 8, we can see a summary of how Paul and Priscilla and Aquila responded when things didn't go as they'd planned. Romans 8, 28. You guys know this verse. And we know that God causes all things. You guys circle that all. God causes all things. The things that happen today that were really, really irritating, the people that you're working with that you wish they'd worked somewhere else, the situation that you have because of COVID, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Okay. God causes the situations in your life, the situations in your life, all the failed plans that you've had, because we've all had failed plans. I can guarantee that every one of us, if we went around the room, we could all talk about the failed plans that we've had. God causes the failed plans that you have combined with the situation in the wor this world plus the work of the Holy Spirit to bring about good in every situation. Right? I got two rights. Right. Well, think about it. Let me, let me say it again. 
your situation and all your failed plans combined with the situation of COVID and, and your school situation and housing situation and work situation and all that is guaranteed to bring about good for you if God is involved. I got another, I got a, I got a little bit of a yeah. Okay, maybe it's a trick question. The answer is no, that is not guaranteed unless two things. Do you guys see this in Acts 8.28? Two things. What's, what's it going to take for the situation in your life to turn into good for you? That you love God and are called according to his purpose. If you haven't answered the call of God in your life, then all bets are off, and there's no guarantee that your life is going to amount to a hill of beans. Sorry. That's just the facts, Jack. That's just the way it is. Two things. That, you're, that you've answered the call of God in your life, and what? And these are really one and the same thing. What does it say? That you love me. So here's the question, guys. Do you really love him? Do you love him enough to say, I don't care what happens with COVID. I don't care if I live or die. I don't care if I get through school. I don't care if my house burns down. I don't care what happens. All that matters to me, or at least what matters to me more than anything else, is him. If that's your attitude, guess what? Whatever you're going through now, you're going to get through it, and your life is going to be turned into good. Guaranteed. If you don't love him, it's not going to work. So do you guys understand what I'm saying? That God's plan for you will succeed no matter what you're going through right now. Now let's just talk a little bit about, about faith. A lot of people say whatever happens is going to happen. Whatever is supposed to be is going to be. It's called fate. Are we talking about fatalism? No way. Fatalism is a teaching, a belief that a lot of people have that what is going to happen is going to happen and you have no choice in it at all. You have no control at all. That you really, truthfully, you're out of control because the laws of nature, including the laws of nature that govern your own existence, really predict scientifically how you're going to respond in every situation so you have no free will. Guys, that's fatalism, and it, it is a part of atheism and materialism that you guys don't buy into. Okay, so fatalism is one extreme. Everything's going, to ha everything's going to work the way that's going to work, and I don't really have any choice. The other extreme is randomness, that there really is no meaning in this universe. The choices I make might have some effect, but since this whole thing is random anyway, oh, well, I don't really have, there's not really any grand purpose in this. Guys, both of these are wrong. Let me just say something about randomness. Can anybody think of anything that's random? Name some random things. What? Paper clips? Did you say paper clips? Oh, Microsoft Word paper clips. Okay. Can you seriously, guys? What? What is that random? That's not random. Hot, what's that? What's that? Rolling dice. Is rolling dice random? Is that just a matter of chance? It feels random to us because we can't, we don't, we, we don't, we can't predict with accuracy the, the laws of physics that cause those 
dice to come up. But truthfully, there's no randomness in rolling dice. Uh, the way the dice come up is the product of how hard you throw them, where they started from, how, you know, how, how hard the wind is blowing, and whether it's Jeff or Luke who's throwing them. But it's all governed by the laws of physics and your own personal free will. There's no randomness there. Because if anybody can, if anybody can tell Ken Bangston something that is truly random, he'll buy you uh, a Frappuccino at the Cornerstone. Um, but that's why he's going to do it for you. Okay, okay, guys. The reality is, you guys understand what I'm saying. On one side, you got fatalism. On the other side, you got a belief in randomness. But the truth of how things work out is that God is in control. God is in control. But it's not a fatalistic control. God relinquishes an amount of the control that he has to the creatures that he's made and allows them to make real choices that have real consequences for good or bad. And the result of his willingness to let his creatures have real freedom of choice is that people get hurt. The reason that there's messed up stuff in the world is because of free will. Because we hurt each other. We hurt ourselves. We hurt God's honor. And what ends up happening is that there's things that are done in the world that are against what God wants done. You guys hear what I said? There's things that happen in the world that are against his perfect will. Initially. But because he is sovereign, here's the great news for you, my friends. Because he's sovereign, he can take all the mess of the mistakes that you've made and the mistakes that other people have made, and he can turn it around, and he can bring something really, really good out of it. So here's the takeaway. We're going to break into small groups here in a second. We're going to spend the last 25 minutes in small groups. But what, here, here's what I want to say to you guys. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're struggling through, You've turned in all the resumes. You've made all the phone calls. You've tried and you've tried and you've tried and it does, it's not working very well. And you're thinking, how do I make my life work? I remember the feeling. When I came to America when I was 18 years old, I had no friends. I had no money. I had no car. I had no place to live. I had no idea how to get a job. I had no food. And I thought, how's this ever going to work? And I tried. And I tried, and I struggled. And praise God that it wasn't because I had everything figured out that he opened doors for me. It was simply because I decided, Lord, I'm going to love you above all else. I'm going to put my foundation on your word. And guess what? My life has worked. It's worked, guys. And if you're, if you're leaning, if you're basing your life on your own strength or your own reason or just getting enough experience in a certain field, your life's not going to work, guys. That is not the key to having a successful life. The key to having a successful life is loving him and answering the call of God. So, guys, let's do this. we got 25 minutes left here. Let's see. we got 30 people or so. Let's, um, let's have four groups, um, one We've got three rooms upstairs and a group down here. And um, we've got some, some discussion questions at, do, do the leaders already have those? Yeah, we okay, then you guys got them. Um, let's let's split, split up. You guys, um, let's go through those discussion questions, talk about this stuff. 
and then let, and then I'll finish finish by praying for each other in the room. Okay.